My people protect me, and what is that? I'm always so amazed. <laughs> uh, what's what? This, is this, what, what is it? The light? Those, those bouncy things on here. Oh, oh, you're talking about these. <laughs> it's Doctor Who, what is it? Let me show you. Just a minute, please. Wow. <laughs> these are alien antenna. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's a lot of speculation about what they're used for. Some people say that they can sense objects. Others say they're little Wi-Fi receivers. We don't really know. We can only <laughs> speculate. But we do know that aliens have them. You know that. Yeah. And okay. that's a really good way to be able to recognize an alien. If they have these, they're an alien. Okay? But it's more complicated than that because real aliens can make them invisible. Yeah. Where are yours? <laughs> when do you like to know? Invisible antennas. That's right. That's a clue. How do you know it? that? Scientist. <laughs> so, uh, speaking about uh, steam, <laughs> I, I just wanted to show you this steam engine. And uh, this is something we get to talk about today. And it's pretty exciting. Do you know how these are made? I don't. Would you like to know? I would love to Okay, know. well then, we will have a brainstorm. <laughs> brainstorm. <laughs> this is how you make the steam engine. Just like that. Nearly done. Okay, here it comes. Those pieces. Yep, yep. Did you catch that? that was, that's yeah. a lot of pieces, that thing. So, there are a lot of pieces. So let's just study how it turned out. This part over here is the boiler. So you put water in the top, and water enters into this little container we made out of two sides. And then you light a little fire underneath and the water starts to boil. As the wa water boils, steam comes out the top and comes through this little tube. So just think of steam under pressure coming through the tube. When it gets over to this side, I'm gonna turn it around so we can see it a little bit better. There we go, oh, there it was. Yep, hold it still. Work with the cameraman, okay. Right up in here, you can see there is a little uh, piston I'm going to turn the piston. I hope you can see it go up and down there. Can you see it going up and down? In this case, it's inside a glass tube so that we can see it. The little piston goes up and down, 
And as it turns, this little valve over here pushes in and out. Watch it go in and out. And as it go, goes in and out, it turns the steam on and off. Where's the valve? So it's right, can you see this little rod right there? That little rod there is going in and out. Okay. Can you see it? Right there, it's going in and out. It's, you need close up here, number eight, there we go. Right there. So it's okay. just going in and out and it's hooked up to the shaft that's turning. So what happens is steam is made over here in this steam generator. I'll put that down so you can stay on it a little better. So the heat boils the water and steam comes off. The steam comes out, flows through the tube over to this valve. The valve, when it's, when it's in, it's on. When it's out, it's off. And it's hooked up to this little piston. So what happens is it opens up the valve and lets the steam push the piston down. When it gets down, the valve then opens and lets the steam come out the top. And the piston pushes it out. And then the valve opens again, and you bring in another charge of steam. So the steam just keeps pushing the piston. And it's pretty clever. This is how the steam locomotive works. In fact, if I turn this around, the flywheel almost looks like a steam locomotive, doesn't it, mm -hmm. as it turns. And by the way, the flywheel is a very important part of a steam engine because when the piston is pushed down by the steam, it generates power, but then you have to push the steam out and get ready to be pushed down again. And the flywheel, which is already turning, has momentum to get it back to the start position again. So steam engines have been around a long time, and they power steamboats, they power railroads back in the day, and uh, a lot of good things. Well, I want to talk a little bit specifically about the steam engine and its importance to uh, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, as you know, was the mentor of Bill Lear. And Bill Lear, uh, I was very privileged to be mentored by. And they both have a place in their careers that is very interesting with the steam engine. So Edison invented the light bulb. And a lot of people say, actually, he didn't invent it. But they're wrong. Uh, he did invent the light bulb. But he invented the bulb that you can unscrew. A lot of people made a light by heating up something, so they say they invented the light. Well, they made light with the electricity, but he invented a bulb because they would burn out pretty fast. You had to be able to unscrew them easy and put in a new one, and then he made them last a lot longer. So when he had these light bulbs in production, he was ready to sell them to everybody in New York, he needed a lot of electricity. And so he invented a thing called the electric or steam-powered dynamo. Dynamo was a word that he used to describe an electric generator. And Thomas Edison created an electric generator that he then would run wires to a lot of buildings, and he was able then to light up the city. I want to show you a picture of Thomas Edison with his dynamo. There it is. And you saw it right here first on Science Live. Now, this is a a real interesting picture. I want to zoom in, if we can, right on Thomas Edison's face. Can you see that? Uh, oh, look in the background. Who can see it? Who can see it? 
This picture is from 150 years ago. <laughs> I'm just saying, isn't that amazing? And you notice it says Science Live. This is the first introduction of a thing we call frameables. These are going to be a group of little images that we're going to create and show you at Science Live, and they're going to be available. If you find one you really, really like, you can order it, and we'll put, you can put it in a frame and hang it on the wall. I want that one. You want that one? Yeah, I like what yeah, it says I at like the bottom. Thomas Edison, too. <laughs> what does it say at the bottom? Thomas Edison, who mentored Bill Lear, who mentored Roger Billings, who mentored me. Me. Oh, so the I only people that. that can collect this particular frameable are people that I'm mentoring. So. Yeah, so I get one. But it is kind of fun. You see how proud Thomas Edison is. Now, this was actually taken about 12 years after he invented this, uh, early 1900s. And uh, he actually has those big coils there. He has a magnet. And if the magnet turns inside there, it generates electricity to light up the light bulbs. But to get it to turn, he had to use a steam engine. and creating this dynamo with the steam motor was one of the things that really helped launch his career. Wow. And that was a pretty neat thing. Now remember, when Thomas Edison was about my age, he mentored a young fellow named Bill Lear. And when Bill Lear was about my age, he mentored a young fellow who was me. And when I was about my age, <laughs> I was given the wonderful privilege to mentor some of you. So come on, mentor up. Here we go. Mentor up, I like yeah, that. Yeah, here we go. I'd like now to jump over to, uh, to Bill Lear for a minute. Remember, Bill Lear is a very famous inventor. And like Thomas Edison, Lear uh, has a lot of patents to his name. He had a lot of inventions. One of the things he's best known for is inventing the Learjet, the amazing Learjet. But other things he invented were a lot of aviation things like autopilots, etc. But when I met Mr. Lear, he was working on a project of inventing a bus that was powered by steam. And it was during a time when we had a real problem with pollution. And so we were passing laws to clean up our, our cities from pollution, from automobiles, trucks, vehicles, trains, etc. And so Mr. Lear realized that he could run a bus on steam and really, really lower the pollution. That was the idea. Now, in order to get power out of a steam engine, you have to heat something up. In this case, I heat up water. The water makes steam, steam comes in and, and powers the engine, or some people actually use a turbine, which is like a fan that the steam blows against and pushes. And uh, he was excited that if he made a steam engine, that he would be able to make an external combustion engine so he could make a flame that would have very, very little pollution, and then he would use that to heat the steam and then to be able to make the engine run in the bus. Well, Mr. Lear knew that people had been making steam engines for a long time, 
And so he decided that he was going to invent or discover the perfect element, better than water, the, the liquid that could be vaporized to run a steam engine more efficiently than you could do with water. So he announced, I'm starting a research project to find the perfect medium, the perfect substance to make steam engines work with high efficiency. And he announced that this new substance, we don't know what it is yet. We're going to have to find it by searching. But we know what it's going to be called. It's going to be called lyrium. And here you see a, a photo of Bill Lear in his search for lyrium. And if you can, can we zoom in on the beaker down there at the bottom, you can see it. Zoom, zoom, zoom. There it comes. Lyrium. Down lower. There it is. More, more, more. Lyrium. Yep. So he invented lyrium. Bill Lear was the guy that discovered lyrium, and he discovered it before he knew what it was. He just knew that in order for his steam bus to be successful, he had to have the perfect liquid in there to run the steam cycle. And so they studied materials from all sources, and they tested them to find out which one would expand the best and provide the best steam power. And when he was all finished, he announced, we have isolated the best liquid to use in these kinds of engines. We have discovered lyrium, and I'm happy today to announce that lyrium turned out to be water. <laughs> That's a good thing to find out. I think it was probably a little bit embarrassing. <laughs> but anyway, it, it did turn out to be water. Now, Mr. Lear went on with his discovery of Illyrium. He discovered that water is a wonderful water, a wonderful thing to make steam. And he started building his, his engine. Now, making the engine, which would take the steam, like we're getting steam out of my little boiler here, and it's going into this device. So this is the engine here. This is where the steam makes mechanical energy. So he made his for the bus and he made it using the latest technologies at the time. And I'd like to show you Lear's little motor. It is so small, he could actually hold it in his hands. And yet it would generate enough power to power a whole bus. And here's Mr. Lear. The central holding, problem Lear faced with this engine holding system was the video. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was really fun. That went by. Hold that just for a second, if you will, for me. Yes. So steam goes in this thing, it creates power, and spent steam comes out the back end. Now, as uh, we've already started to show you, we have a, a short video clip showing Bill Lear's project with the steam bus. Yes, the central problem Lear faced with this engine system was that for dams and ships, huge steam turbines were highly efficient and practical. But to scale down that system, to fit under the hood of a car, that was another matter. He took a look at the odds and decided to put everything he had into this engine. The concept is typically Bill Lear. It's bold and simple in design. A constant flame, similar to the gas burner on a stove, heats water until it turns into steam. High-pressure steam hits the blades of a turbine, which rotates and powers the vehicle. The leftover steam cools and turns back into water. 
which is recycled. Now there's the bus, and I have ridden many, many, many times in that bus because this is the time in his career that I was privileged to be mentored by Bill Lear. At Lear Motor Company. And there is the external flame that is supposed to be pollution free, but it turned out that when they built it, it had a lot of pollution. And my job, my mission, was to make that flame have no pollution. And the big problem was nitric oxide. And you can see we were working on making this burner burn very, very clean. And you see it's already getting cleaner. That's too fast. The test has reached a critical point, but there's a problem. They've got to get more heat into the combustor without making it backfire. A new approach must be tried. but the success is not final. <laughs> and I love that song. Fortunately, we did really clean up the, the flame, and uh, we were able to lower the emissions. The idea of being able to have a flame burn externally instead of under the pressure, pressure of a combustion chamber did make it easier to clean it up. And, of course, uh, one of the things that was really significant about this clip is you notice that Bill Lear was testing his burner with all of that instrumentation. And that's what scientists do. We create experiments to see exactly how well we're doing. And then we come up with ideas of how to do it better. And we had three families of pollutants, hydrocarbons that were unburnt, carbon monoxide, and nitric oxide. And we had to figure out how to get all three of those down. If we only had to get one of them down, it'd be easy but we had to get them all three down. And the interesting thing was, every experiment we came up with to be able to reduce those pollutants would eliminate uh, uh, some of the, the pollutants and we'd pick that up on the analyzers and we could tell. If you can't tell how well you're doing, you, you can't really perfect a, a system like this. Now I have to remind us that one source of pollution is the nitric oxide that comes from heating air. All you have to do to make nitric oxide, which is a nasty pollutant, is heat air. Air is made up of nitrogen and oxygen. Normally they don't react, fortunately, or of our atmosphere would be gone. But if they're hot enough, a small amount reacts and they form nitric oxide, which is a bad pollution. When we built the hydrogen home, we converted the stove and the appliances and everything to run on hydrogen. And when I, and by the way, this was just a short time after I had been with Mr. Lear. And so I had learned at Lear how to run all of the analyzer equipment to see how much pollution was coming out of my burner. So I was measuring the pollution coming off my stove range uh, burner. And the nitric oxide was was so high it was very, very dangerous. 
So I needed to get rid of the nitric oxide, and I knew the way to do it is to cool down the flame. But I need to have the flame hot enough to cook the food, so, so what do you do? And uh, this was uh, a real interesting idea that came after quite a few experiments that actually resulted in a patent. And if you go look, you can find a Roger Billings patent uh, of this particular idea. But we had a, a flame, and the flame was burning, and hydrogen burned so fast that it was hotter than natural gas, and it was making a lot of nitric oxide. So we had to slow it down, we had to cool it down, we had to make it reliable, we had to make it affordable. And so I remember that uh, there are catalysts that help hydrogen burn at lean mixtures. And one of the catalysts at high temperature is stainless steel. Stainless steel can be a catalyst for hydrogen. I learned that while I was working with Mr. Lear, trying to get rid of the pollution from his steam bus. And so um, I went to the grocery store and bought a stainless steel scouring pad, like you use cleaning your pans. And I took it back to the hydrogen house and I stretched it over the burner and I turned on the stove, turned on the analyzer, and there was no nitric oxide. It was less than a part per million. It just vanished. And that's what I expected. Uh, and I'd like to tell you why. When the stainless steel scouring pad went over the burner, it kind of blocked the air from mixing with the hydrogen. So that meant in the, in the middle, it was pure hydrogen coming out of the burner. And then as it came through the stainless steel, it was mixing in with more and more air. So it slowed the flame down. And on the surface of the stainless steel scouring pad, which would glow orange, bright orange as it got hot, it would react the hydrogen and make water even before there was enough hydrogen to really fully burn. And so lo and behold, we had a catalytic burner at the cost of a 50 cent scouring pad. And, and I have a patent on that. If you ever want to use that, you're welcome to because the patent's expired. <laughs> so you tell us what a catalyst is. I don't know. What, a catalyst. A catalyst is the name of the new restaurant at IST across the street. That's true. Named by her last week. That's true yeah, as well. Catalyst. <laughs> a catalyst is something that helps a reaction go forward in chemistry without being consumed by the reaction. It's a neat thing you learn all about in chemistry, and we are now going to build the Catalyst Restaurant, right? We are. Yeah. Do you want to put in a little commercial for the Catalyst Restaurant? Mm -hmm. It's in our new IST building, and it's going to be absolutely wonderful food that makes you healthy. Makes you think well, makes you not grouchy. <laughs> are, you, are you finished? I'm done. Okay, good. Yeah, well, that's exciting. So the steam engine. Interesting thing. Can we look at the frameable again? Uh, I'd like to just show you this little thing. So this is kind of a black and white image so that it feels like, you know, it's 150 years old. And this will be a thing that um, we, we want to start, like I say, a collection of these. Mm -hmm. We have others already being made by none other than our amazing artist. Yep. Ryan Etter. And Ryan, thank you, you did a good job. One thing that you'll be looking for in all of the frameables is to see if you can find hiding somewhere in the image 
The alien? The eyes. The eyes. <laughs> Without the antenna. Okay? And it's going to get harder and harder to find Peugeot in the frameables. But as time goes on, you'll want to be sure and look. And we'll, we'll go ahead and publish these for you on, on the Science Live page. Can we add this to that Science Live page so you can see it? And you can also print one out from the page if you'd like. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. I'm um, proud to be there. So <laughs> can you remember being there? <laughs> okay, good. <clears throat> Now, I've got a, a little problem I'd like to confide. Uh, I need your help. I've got a situation coming up. Um, I know this is going to be a shock to many of you because I look so young. That's true. <laughs> but I actually have some grandsons. And um, I'm, I'm pretty proud of them. I mean, more or less. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of them. But they've got this, this thing about trucks. And um, I thought, you know what? I need to, it, it's my responsibility to teach these young men a little bit of respect. And, and so I kind of um, maybe took on a little more challenge than I can handle by myself. Uh, probably the best way to explain this to you is just show you what happened. All right, well, I'm very happy to uh, welcome the grandsons here today. <laughs> and I, I've asked the, the social emotional teacher if she could please join with us because I know there's uh, a lot of tension about trucks. Uh, <laughs> and um, the question is, now, which one of you has the best truck? <laughs> so I thought, so we're, we're going to just kind of work this out a little bit. I think uh, your job is to make sure, you know, that this stays smooth and relaxed. Social, right. Because they're competitive. But I'd like to give each of you just a minute to tell us about your truck and, and why you know it's better than theirs. Okay? Who would like to start? All right, Zach, you go ahead and go first. So my truck has got a um, V6 with two turbos on it, and it can pull 9,700 pounds, 9,700 pounds. And it's got a 32-inch light bar in the grill, and it's got all-terrain tires and uh, um, limited slip differential so that both wheels in the back are always turning, never one or the other. So... Uh... What make is it? It's a Ford F-150. Ford, okay. And, and so you think it's a pretty good truck. Okay, who's next? All right, Lehigh. So I drive a Hummer H3. It has a roof rack with lights all the way around on the front, the back, the sides. It has a remote controlled spotlight on top. It has a winch, a 9,700 pound winch on the front. Um, I'm currently running 33-inch tires, so it's pretty hard to get stuck, and I can lock both axles so that all four wheels go together, or it'd be just an all four-wheel drive. So with that winch, you can actually hang your Hummer in a tree. Not to drive. Okay, who's next? Enos? I drive a 2017 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon with steel bumpers, 
a 13,000 pound wrench and lots of lights and accessories and 33 inch tires. So I have a hard time getting stuck. All right. So Sam, are you next? I have, I drive a 1996 GMC Sonoma and it's actually called the Blue Legend. It is as many years old as I am, which is a lot now, I think, <laughs> but it's got four wheel drive. It's got lots of space for lights that I'm working on mounting. It's got a toolbox. It's, it's nice and small, so it fits between the trees, which is really nice for outdoors. It's it just it's a perfect blue color. It's awesome. All right, Jared, I'll you for last. Yeah, I've got a um, 2008 um, Dodge Ram. It's a 1500 model. It's a quad cab, so it definitely gives you lots of space for your tools in the back. Um, it also comes equipped with um, full powered windows, mirrors, but then also a remote start. So walking up to it, I can click it on and it fires right up, sensing my presence. And um, it also has stunning um, LED headlights, which are pretty phenomenal. Okay. <laughs> you see what I'm up against yeah. now. All right, guys. Well, it's wonderful that you all have so much love for your trucks. <laughs> and um, I think that uh, you're all my grandsons, right? I mean, you're all grandsons of I mean, yeah. <laughs> And that, that makes you very competitive hearted, right? Mm -hmm. Well, here's the deal. I think we need to work this out once and for all so that there's no more, you know, contest going here about who's got the best truck. So what I'm going to do is two things. Thing number one, I'm gonna give you a couple weeks to wash the mud off, spiff up, whatever you need to do on your truck, okay? And uh, we're going to have a truck off. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're gonna use the scientific method. And what I'm gonna do is I'm going to have the students of Science Life look at each of your trucks, and then they will vote on which one is the best. So that will scientifically put to bed once and for all, which one of you has the best truck. Okay. We'll give you a couple weeks to get them cleaned up, polished, all right? Be with me. And the second thing I want to announce is that uh, my truck's gonna enter the freight. <laughs> um, I, I just, I wanna play. Okay, so I'm also going to get my truck ready, and uh, and we'll just see which of these trucks really is the king of the road, or the king of the off road. Okay. So it's R against the G sons. The G sons, mm -hmm. grandsons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, that's it. Fun. Now, one one rule that I want you to keep in mind. Um, which one of you is shorter than I am? <laughs> okay, which one of you is the same height I am? Okay, this is disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're all at least a good foot taller than I am, which I don't know how that happened. I think it's a miracle of genetics, but be nice to the little guy. <laughs> That's okay. Wow. So we will, uh, in a couple weeks, we'll be ready for the big uh, shoot off. We'll, we'll have you bring your trucks, we'll line them up, 
and we'll actually show the students, we'll let you show the students your truck and uh, make your case and then we're fixing it so they'll be able to vote live. Okay. And we'll actually have the number of students voted for each one. Any questions? Is this a fair competition? Yes. <laughs> okay. Is there any particular criteria that we want to use for judging the trucks? Like um, fanciest, most powerful, best lit, most lumens, best lit, <laughs> most functional, prettiest color, you know, all of those. Whatever, whatever's important to you. Those will be the criteria and you can tell them that's the most important criteria. Okay? All right, see you in two weeks. Thank you. Okay, <clears throat> so now you understand my dilemma. <laughs> Your dilemma? I need help. I've got two weeks, and these guys, they're out for victory. They are, they're out yeah, they're, And they're big. <laughs> big and scary. Yeah. So I need some help. And they've got, uh, they've been working on these trucks for a long time. I'm kind of starting out fresh. I found a little truck, it's kind of vanilla. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have a chance against them. So we gotta fix it up. I'm looking for ideas, I'm gonna need help. But I do have one thing. What's that? Technology. <laughs> yes. I have science and technology. Because you're an inventioner. Because, yes. And so we're going to have to work together on this. Uh, I like, I'd like to just show them my truck real quick. So this this is what I'm starting with. <laughs> you can see it's... Um, is that vanilla? It, it's a Ford. It, uh, I think it's a Fairlane or Ford Fiesta. No, 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 wait a minute. No, guess what that is. I know what that is. What is that? That's a Ford Raptor. A Raptor, <laughs> yes. So we're starting off with a good piece of equipment. Now, if you look at those wheels, those wheels are straight from the factory. They're boring. <laughs> I think we need better wheels. What do you think? Well, do you I like those wheels? So. Look at them again. Can we zoom in on the wheels? They, they really, really, oh, no, there we go. More, oh, more wheels. So they're kind of nice, but boring. <laughs> I think we should look for better wheels, don't you think? Am this I is on a your stiff comp. Are you going to help me? I'd love to Don't help you. Don't worry about it. Guys, we need wills. We need wills. Okay, now I want to look at the, the front of the vehicle. Can I show you that? Look. You can see it's a Ford. And, oh, look, Google has smushed out my license plate. You notice on Google Maps, yeah. I always smush out all the license plate. Look at that. It's smushed it makes out. makes you anonymous. Yeah. I'm anonymous. But if you look down on the, the front bumper there, there's that hole and you can stick your hand through it. There's nothing there. Above is the headlight, but right below the headlights, that big hole, we need to put a light in there. In fact, I think we should put two lights in there, maybe even three, and they should be brighter than the headlights. We'll call them fog lights. <laughs> that should help out. Now that obviously is not gonna get me anywhere with that Hummer. It's got a <laughs> giant spotlight on top. 360. I'd like to show you a picture of a light that we could, we could get. Uh, I was looking on the internet. You see this one? Uh -huh. If we put these lights down in that hole, they would be brighter than the headlights. 
What do you think? I really think that Ford should have put some lights down in there. Yeah, they should have. And, but, but they saved it for us. I think we can find some real bright ones. And then we need some, some more light on top, don't you think? I found this light. What do you think? Uh, this is a whole thing. Look at those lights up there. And, and that big one on top, <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we should get the big ones. And let's see, you can have four of them on a truck. I want five. Do <laughs> you think we could get five on top of there? Now I know where the competitive gene came from. <laughs> I got it from my grandsons. <laughs> All right, so this is what we got to do in the next little while. And time out. This is a real world problem that's got to be solved. And this is the kind that you're going to run into over and over and over again. And that's why I'm telling you, you've got to learn math. You've got to learn your science, your engineering, so you can do this stuff. Because if I were to use that big light, uh -huh. it pulls so much power that a normal wire, like you put in a car, won't carry it. It'd melt. Because that's like a 20,000 lumen light. That's bright. And so we'd have to figure out how to get power to it, and that would require technology. And what I'd like to do, coming up here next time, I'd like to show you how you can take a challenge like that on and how we can win this thing. Okay. <laughs> so it's you and the students against the grandsons? No, the students are the judges. They're just doing a judgment advisory capacity. <laughs> but if anybody, if anybody has any neat ideas of what we ought to do to kind of, you know, come out on top of this thing, send me a message. Neat ideas, neat ideas. Neat okay. ideas. Label mm -hmm. neat ideas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, would you like to make a prediction how this whole engineering challenge is going to come out? Do I think you can do it? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Of course. I just... Uh, You're an inventioneer. I'm an inventioneer, but you know some of them are too. I know. And they love their trucks. And Look, they're, they're discussing it right now amongst themselves. Are there some of them here? <laughs> are they spying? <laughs> well, I am kind of excited about this. And it will surprise you how much science and electronics and engineering we can learn just by teaching humility to these young men. It's going to be fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's a challenge, but it's not something I'm shying away from. <laughs> they need it. Okay, well, I'm going to need everyone back next week. Please give me your best ideas. I'm very grateful for the input and help we've got. And, you know, uh, eat your vitamins, uh, stay well fit, get rest, because in two weeks you're going to have to vote. And you should vote your conscience. <laughs> That's right. You but I will it. say that the Raptors are amazing trucks. <laughs> they are. Right. And this truck, it's kind of a vanilla, ordinary Raptor. But my, my hypothesis is that in two weeks it won't be. Vanilla? That's kind of like licorice. <laughs> Doesn't it? She's not going to be any help. <laughs> I think she's working for them. No. Don't, don't text her. Just <laughs>
All right. We'll see you next time. Pressure's off. Thank you.